Welcome back. We are here for the second half of season three as we get started here with episode 10 titled Yes, No. We have a special guest with us today, but of course, let me first bring in my co-host, the wonderful, amazing, talented, beautiful Amon Adwin. How are you doing today, Amon? Wow, I've never received three adjectives and a compliment. That's so amazing. I'm Awesome. So happy to be back uh, recording another episode of The Choir Room. Be happy to be back in your feeds and in your ears. And yes, I'm super excited that we have this guest with us today to talk about everything Glee. Yes, why don't you introduce him? This is uh, your co-host. I might have been friends with him first, but he is your most recent co-host. <laughs> yes, we. I'm like, you know, double dipping in this in this podcast here. I have two two co-hosts that I'm having the pleasure of uh, talking about Glee with. But yes, Adam Bongiovanni is here today to talk with us. I'm so happy, guys, that you are you're you had me. Um, I, I've known you both for four years, which is really weird. And I podcast with Aman. I've known Matt. Matt and me have spoken for the last almost half a decade, which is really weird. But I appreciate you guys having me on. Thank you so much. Yes, we're so excited to have you here. It is, uh, you know, as soon as this got started, of course, I was keeping like a mental note of who were the people that we were friends with that, you know, we know personally that watch the show, like gotta, gotta keep track of that. So we know who to get on at the right time. And I'm glad, you know, we finally were able to to get you in here because we are uh, deep in the like Glee season three, like this is where shit gets real. And like, we have a lot to get into here today. Again, this is the first part of the back half of uh, season three, again, where things start to really pick up. Um, before we get into the episode, Adam, we need the full story your fandom with glee where it's been for you over the years and you know who your favorite character is all that good stuff okay so i started watching in high school and it's because my dad watched which is like very weird like that he was just watching glee by himself but he did and um i remember hearing (laughs) about it in school and i feel like as like a young straight kid i was like oh stupid glee like i don't like show choir you know like just like being ignorant and then I started watching, and I started falling in love with the characters. And th- I think above anything I've, I've, that has influenced me as a, as a younger person, Glee was the, the thing that kind of taught me about all the different walks of life and, and allowed me to be open-minded. So I attribute a lot of that to Glee. And um, favorite characters, oh my gosh. Um, I, I just liked – I feel like I always had a soft spot for like uh, – let's go – I think Cory Monteith is always just someone that's going to like – hold a special spot in my heart i loved yeah. rory i love damian mcginty i think he was such a phenomenal little addition to the show darren chris blaine um i oh, let's see girls oh i had the biggest crush on diana agron i was like really crushing on her heart in high school so i'm gonna say quinn as well <laughs> i mean who wasn't honestly i uh i'm in the same boat and oh uh, i mean it split split it out a little bit blaine uh quinn like sam look at sam in this episode Hello. oh yes um, it, th- there's a lot of good <laughs> options out there Everyone's hot at this in this Glee club, which is really bizarre. But I'm sure, I know you guys have discussed like the, the the hotness of the Glee, but I'm just saying everyone's really attractive, which is odd for a high school Glee club. It's crazy. It's almost <laughs> like they put people on this show that are like good looking and also and, can and, sing and thirty. <laughs> yeah, honestly, like how how is the Glee club like the most you know the the pariahs of McKinley? Like they're all very attractive. Like that just seems like it's not realistic at all. <laughs> <laughs> not uh, there's a few that are realistic about uh, McKinley High, but um, and this episode, so I'm excited to get into those. 
Yeah, and they're like the least popular kids in the school, yet they're some of the people in this club that like sleep with the most people, and they're like some of the hottest kids. Like, truly, I don't know how any of this is. We were supposed to just believe this that you know the club with that with Finn and with Puck and Santana and Brittany and all these popular kids was like the least popular club. So I don't know how that worked, but. It is what it is. So yeah, let's get into this episode. We, uh, you know, we left off at the end of season three. With, uh, sorry, the end of the first half of season three. With everybody just came back together. The trouble tones are no longer. Adam, you uh, have fond memories of the trouble tones. I just didn't like that they were all split up. Like I just that bothered me. Um, but I, the trouble tones were obviously very talented. But I was when they all came back and sang. What was um, we are young? Was that the was that the big number they did? Yes. That one. That was yeah. like one of my favorite moments in like the show when they all came back together. Yeah, see, I feel now I feel justified because I don't know that Amon shared that exact same like, well, no, I think you did a little bit, but like I just like I tear up every time I um, watch that one, same. just watching them all reunite. Same. And, you know, it's the uh, you want them to get back together. They finally do. So, yeah, that's good. Um, so everybody is back together here. The Glee Clubs have combined back into the new directions. And as we saw at the end of season two, there was a little bit of Sam and Mercedes coming together that disappeared after Cordover Street decided he wasn't coming back for season three. And we have finally brought him back at the end of that first half where he was out in Kentucky getting, you know, doing his thing. And uh, Rachel and Finn brought him back into uh, the mix at Lima or in Lima, Ohio. So, yeah, we are going to kick things off here with a performance of Summer Nights, which I have been waiting, waiting, waiting for. It's Mercedes with the girls and Kurt uh, and then Sam with the boys. We have a whole lot of fun uh, that we kick off with this scene I'm on. Yeah, um, this is sort of like filling in the blanks from what we did not get to see during the summer vacation. It might be covered in the novelization of Glee now that we just found out about that from Akiva. So thanks for that. I'll definitely check that out. But yeah, we are getting a bit of a of a catch up to see what happened between Sam and Mercedes. And this song, if any indication, is letting us know that it was definitely a lot more hot and heavy than just a fling. So I'm coming around on Sam Sadie's. Upon first watching or first viewing, I didn't, like, really see it. I just didn't feel like there was ever going to be any chemistry between these two. But this episode definitely, like, and this season in particular, helped me, like, sort of, like, come around to the fact that, like, oh, these people, these two are, like, actually really, really into each other. Okay. Work. <laughs> did Did you happen to see the scene that I tweeted out from our uh, our account before with uh, Santana kicking Rachel. Yeah, I saw it. Yes, they just, I literally just saw it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that was so funny when I watched that. It's like all of these scenes. I'm so glad that we got this like Leah T. Uh, well, not that it's anything new, but like I'm glad we got this and we can keep that, you know, in our minds going every time forward. you Every time you need to use it, you could pull that out, Matt. Like every time you need to like talk shit about Leah, just pull that out. <laughs> yeah, just uh, anytime that something happens, just we kick her off the bench. I don't know why Amber Riley had to go down with her there, but uh, you know what? Rachel takes down people on the way. Maybe there's a metaphor <laughs> in there. Uh, so any, what do you think about uh, Sam Sadie's? Are you uh, are you a Sam Sadie stan, Adam? Uh, n- I, okay, I like okay, I like that there, it's such a variety of um, there's such different people, and I feel like you, you most likely just wouldn't associate them together just out of the blue, especially what we've seen before. I feel like I didn't really expect this coming but i do like that glee kind of toyed around with that it is a high school and everyone dates everyone and then these are a bunch of kids in the same club like they're all going to kind of date each other so mm-hmm. as this se- this series went on i like them a lot more together because as I, i'm not saying cordova street's the best actor but i actually believe that the character of sam was really into mercedes like i believed his acting yeah, we, we finally, you know, get these guys back together and they're just telling everybody about how the summer went. Uh, I don't understand. Exa- well, no, I get that Kurt, you know, always wants to be with the girls. But the fact that like Blaine's with the guys, like, what are you trying to tell us here about this? relationship? Yeah, I was going to I was going to uh, ask I mean, that, too, yeah. though. Like, do you guys think that, like, 
I don't know, because Kurt is more feminine. Like, I feel like it is just kind of weird that they're like, okay, Kurt's more feminine in the relationship, so he's with the girls, and, and Blaine's a little more masculine, so he's with the guys. Like, I don't think that sends, you know, like, Glee's done a lot wrong, and they've also done a lot right, but, like, doesn't that kind of send, like, not the best message? Like, that it's like, oh, he's gay and feminine, so let's put him with the girls. Like, he's a guy, right? He's, he, he, it's just it's just always been Kurt's thing, that he's always, like, every time there was a mashup, he always ran to the girls. Um, the only thing is that, like, I would rather see both of them go with the girls, because Blaine hanging out with the guys, it's like, are you trying to tell us that Blaine, like, hates himself? I, I don't know he's what's going on He's a real guy. I think he just, he's he's manly. He He's, he's so masculine. He knows about football and sports. Like that's what we keep learning. <laughs> it's about It's definitely so like I understand the apprehension behind it. For me, it just sort of like goes right back into what I usually say about Glee, and that yes, they can be very, <laughs> for lack of a better word, offensive a lot of the time. But I feel like it's always delivered with like so much tongue-in-cheek energy that I'm just like, okay, like, I see what you're going for here. Like clearly, you're because we're gonna soft spoiler. We're going to see a scene later on in the series. I think it's season six where Sue orders a plane to fly over the top of McKinley, saying Blaine is on the bottom, and Blaine's like, <laughs> "That's not true. Like that's not true. Like it's I'm, I'm, the, I'm, I'm the man one. So like." I, th- I feel like they're in on the joke, so I am more willing to be like, oh, yeah, of course Kurt's with the guys or with the girls. You know what I mean? So Yeah, I get yeah. that. Yeah, so just and just to keep this all together here, we also are a little bit later on into the episode we're going to get or earlier on. We're going to get an ep- uh, a scene from Sam and Mercedes talking in the hallway. And this just kind of follows up the Summer Nights performance where Mercedes is like, you know, I'm dating Shane now. And Sam is very much still trying to put the moves onto her. He has a comment here. He's like, it's because I'm white, isn't it? And she's like, no, it's not. It's just, you know, we had a summer fling and I'm with Shane. So that's that's the end of story. So, uh, you know, this is still just not working for the two of them. Did you have summer flings in high school? Like I did not at all. Like I was not to having these crazy summer flings. Like I was playing video games and like going swimming. <laughs> I wish I was having summer flings. I wish. But I think that I am more inclined to be on your side. I was definitely playing video games, going to camp, burning <laughs> marshmallows, that kind of thing. Yeah, me too. No summer flings on my Okay, own. good. I don't feel as bad now. No, I, I wasn't either. I was definitely off like working and not even watching the Glee Project. So if I couldn't even make time for the Glee Project, <laughs> oh, I, I made I made time that. for the Glee Project. So, so that's like I can't relate there. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we need to get you back on here for Glee Project season two. We just we just released uh, today the season Ooh, one really? episode, so that's already out. Uh, yeah. I'm so excited. Check your feet. I will. I will. I'll watch it after. I'll listen yes. to it after this. Not watch it clearly. We have to open up here. We are going to get into. Becky Jackson and her inner monologue that the world has been waiting for here. And of course, uh, I'm, I've got to play this clip. So first of all, let me just play this for you guys so you can hear, in case you haven't watched the episode, a reminder of the Becky Jackson monologue. I, Becky Faye Jackson, am the hottest bitch at McKinley High School. I'm not only co-captain of the Cheerios, I'm president of the Perfect Attendance Club, and I've won a participation award in rhythm gymnastics. You may be wondering why I sound like the Queen of England. It's simple. In my mind, I can sound like whomever I want. So lay off, haters. Okay, let's get reals. I could easily snag any dude east of the Mississippi, but I'm extremely picky. For instance, Rory grins too much. He looks like an insane person. Is that a mohawk, Puckerman? Or did someone glue a squirrel to your head? No, Changdu, I'm no rice queen. Now that's more like it. Sweet, sexy, and handy-capable like me. 
with a voice as velvety as my favorite Sunday church dress. It's decided. Artie Abrams, you're my new boyfriend. I mean, yes. Yes, come on, Queen of England. Come on, British accent. Come on, like being whoever the fuck you want to be in your head. I do the same fucking thing. Me and Becky Jackson are relating here. And I love it. I love the fact that they made this character with Down syndrome obviously be like one of the cockiest bitches on the show. I love the message that you're trying that they're trying to to you know send out, but I also believe it. Like I, Lauren Potter, that that's the actress's name, right, Lauren? Yes. I honestly feel like she is like I feel it, like I see it with Be- like Becky comes to life with her, and I'm all about this. Like she's talking about, oh yeah, I can snag any guy east of the Mississippi. And are we familiar with the uh, the actress that performs Becky's monologue? Her name is Helen Mirren, and uh, I mean, I don't know anybody, so it shouldn't be a surprise to you guys by now that I don't know who this is. But Adam, do you, do you know who this yeah, is? Yeah, I, I, I'm very familiar with the the actress, but I didn't know that she played the inner monologue of Becky, who I also want to back up that I also love very much, and I think that the inner monologue is such a great touch that the uh, the writers uh, included here. Yes, it's so much fun. Uh, she is just the hottest bitch at McKinley. This is all in Becky's monologue. She is not only the co-captain of the Cheerios, but she's also president of the Perfect Attendance Club, which I guess her and I can share a bond about that. I wasn't the president, but I was in the club, I guess. <laughs> um, and have I ever told that story, Amon, where I got perfect attendance all throughout high school, and then uh, when they are supposed to give you the awards at the graduation ceremony, they did not call my name. They gave it to some other kid, uh, which had my name on it. He caught me after the ceremony, and he said, this is yours. And I said, I just did that for four years of my life to not get my name said so that was great i'm so sorry did that happen to you <laughs> thanks uh yeah my, my family is still very upset about it as well so uh that's that at least hopefully becky has better luck with that but becky is uh feeling some confidence here and she has her sights set on one Artie abrams who is obviously single it's been a while since the Artie and britney thing and she goes to sue and sue says ask him out the worst that he can say is no so uh she also thinks that he can do better but uh adam that's the plan here becky and Artie. let's see if we can make this happen i just love how um and i, and I think i was worried like going the episode because I, I didn't remember exactly what happened but i was worried that we were going to get some sort of like already rejecting her and that was my fear going to this because i'm like oh man like i just feel like that would send a terrible message so i was i was happy with the way this the episode uh this turned out in this episode yeah and we also get a scene later on uh which includes Artie, where he's going to end up asking sugar if uh she wants to work on a number together for schuster which we haven't even gotten to the assignment yet but uh it not super important. Sugar says that Artie seems, you know, really sweet, but he's just not her type. And it's not because he's disabled, but because she is abled and people are going to be really mean. She's so worried that her legs, that his legs are going to look thinner than her arms, Amon. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I really struggle with these Artie jokes sometimes, but I chuckle because they're fucking funny. Yeah. So, I mean... I love Sugar so much, but uh, such a such a rude answer for him here. But hey, now that he is like rejected by the girl that I guess he was kind of interested in somewhat, uh, Becky is going to come back around to ask Artie again if he wants to go on a date or not again. This is the first time. And uh, she she's literally like moving his hair all around so she can like see his eyes perfectly. And Artie's just looking at her like, did that really just happen? Yes, it did. So. I mean, what would you do? Like, realistically speaking, if someone with Down syndrome come up, came up to you and asked you out on a date, like, what would you do? I would totally say yes. I would totally say yes because I'm a people pleaser and I would be too afraid of hurting anybody's feelings. It doesn't even matter if, with or without Down syndrome. Like, it doesn't You'd even matter. Married, I would totally say yes. I could hate the person. <laughs> <laughs> right? 
I would have a whole thing going on. Like, and it's a thing that I need to work on for myself. But hey, I I understand already struggle in this episode because it's just like I don't want to be mean. But guys, you you two host a uh, are you the one you know podcast? Not that that show seems to exist anymore, <laughs> but you did it at a certain time. I'm just like imagining the Glee club, the Glee kids, like all of these students <laughs> on as like the contestants on that show. <laughs> yeah, like do Becky and Artie match up as a perfect match? I say no. A mess. I say no. I don't. I don't think. Um, I just, I don't know. I think they, I, I like their friendship, but I don't, I don't think I felt like it didn't feel romantic to me. Sam and Mercedes, like, I wonder if they, I imagine like Rachel and, or like Rachel and Puck or Finn and Quinn are the perfect match and not Rachel and Finn. Like how messy would that be? Oh my God. Now I, now I need it. Could we do a Brant Steele of Are You The One? Is that a thing? Like we could, we could, we could. I don't know if that's a thing, but I'd be way more inclined to do that than like a Survivor one. Yes, me too. Oh, that would be so cool if somebody created a simulation <laughs> for Are You The One. That would be so funny. Uh, we can look into it. Uh, we let's let's check in with some of these other couples. Speaking of, uh, we have Emma is uh, going to join Coach Beast at lunch. Who today Aman is eating two chickens. Uh, Coach Beast is going to tell Emma that her and Cooter actually eloped. Uh, so we last checked in on them, where Cooter was kind of with Sue and wasn't sure where he was going. And uh, she apparently they eloped. So Beast is happy about that, and that's going to spark some internal like. Uh, you know, just not great feelings from Emma, who is confiding into Coach Beast and also Sue, who joins them at the lunch table about how uh, she doesn't know if Will wants to marry her. Like, he he just doesn't seem to give her signs that this is definitely what he wants. And Sue tell, says to her, it's 2012. If you want to marry Will Schuster, just ask him. I'm on. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of like surprised. I mean, obviously, you know, Sue had to go along with this because this marriage was the theme of the episode but it was a bit shocking for me to for her for sue to be so supportive of all of this because she has been like questioning will as to whether or not he really wants to go through with marrying emma and then she's so supportive here of like getting emma to be the the aggressor in the relationship um but i mean honestly normalize women proposing to men normalize women proposing to men let's just have it be a thing like why do i have to be the one to get down on the knee like i want somebody to propose to me and i know it's a little bit different because i am gay so of course if anyone's going to propose (laughs) to me it will be a man but still if i were straight have a woman propose to me like i you know i'm into it i'm into it i i agree i agree um, I, I think the one I feel like the person in the relationship who has a more romantic kind of like grand gestury type of person should propose. I think that makes sense. And I think in, if I'm in a relationship, I like doing things like that. So I would want to do it whether like like in, in if I'm the person like the person I'm dating right now, like I'm way more grand gestury. I feel like I'm a little more obnoxious than she is. So I think I would be the one to propose. However, if the roles were reversed and she was more like that, I would want her to propose. You know, I don't think there has to be genders tied to proposing. Right. Yeah. Um, and also, I need to like, what do you guys think about the uh, coach beast, uh, the way that her wedding went down? Uh, she talks about being at Taco Bell. I, re- I really could not get all the notes from this, but like this sound sounded like a wild story she had. That was, yeah, this. OK, so sloppy writing here because they really shoehorned this in like because two episodes ago, they were all booed up at breadsticks and eating breadsticks and making out. And all of a sudden. He's proposing to Beast, the woman that he said wasn't giving him the proper cues and signals as to whether or not they wanted to be together. And all of a sudden you are proposing to her like it was that was a lot. But, you know, marriage is the theme of the week. So there it is. Can I give you guys a um a, a, a real life Coach B story like where I have a, a significant t- a story about Dot Marie Jones, the actress who plays Beast? 
<laughs> of course. I don't think I've ever told anyone this. So when I used to make YouTube videos back in the day, like this like 2012 when I first started, we had an anti-bullying video that we would tweet to celebrities to retweet it. And for some reason, Dot Marie Jones took a liking to the video and, and, and us and we would DM all the time. And she wanted it when we were going out to LA once, she was like, let me know and we could have lunch. And it just, and it, by the time we went out, like I, I lost her contact information. So it never happened. And it's one of my biggest regrets in life because that would have been an all time high for me. That is wild. Like truly wild. And I'm so sad like, about it that it didn't happen because I loved her so much on Glee. Imagine if you came in here with this story about how you went to lunch with Dot Marie Jones. I have tweets saved like from her, like my little pumpkins, how are you doing? Like I have, it's like one of my proudest memories of all time. Oh, and I'm so happy because God. I loved her so much on the show. That's so funny. Uh, yeah, we we obviously stand Coach Beast and would have stand even more if we knew that the actress was uh, hanging out with. Adam, I know she's but, she seemed I like mean, a very sweet woman. DMing is good. Yeah, enough. she seems so sweet. Yeah, so she's I, awesome. I just want to like, I feel like I want every time I talk to someone who's watched Glee, I'm like she's the best person in the history of people. Isn't it amazing when the actress actually ends up being a lot like the character? Oh my god! What I actually heard concept. recently that Liam Shaw is actually really nice in real life. So have you guys? I don't know if there's any rumors going around. So I've heard that as well <laughs> that she's like really sweet and not like Rachel at all. Mm-hmm. Did she uh, also reach out to you to go to lunch with your? Uh, she actually your killed my parents, Liam Michelle. She oh. she killed both of them. <laughs> she set our house on fire, but I'm still alive. But I got because I, I got out last minute. Awesome. She killed my parents though. Rest in peace. Okay, awesome. That's yeah. We I, I love the great stories that, mm-hmm. that just keep coming. That out. That one's real. Coming that out. One's real. I, uh, I promise that one's real. No, I believe you. I I have no hesitation in believing that in uh, any Rest way. Rest in peace, mom and dad. Thank <laughs> <Yeah>. you. <laughs> oh, that's, that's so sad. Uh, let's go into this performance here. Emma Pillsbury is going to be singing <laughs> "Wedding Bell Blues" with Sue and Shannon by her side, and we see Emma walking down the hallway in this wonderful little wedding dress that you know she's got the flowers, and you see uh, Coach Beast and Sue. And Amon, I don't know what the hell to, how to describe this. What they're wearing on their heads? It they're called fascinators. I don't know what that is. They're like they're like you know inordinate fixtures that are serving well, as that's hats. why this is why <laughs> i turn to you in these fashion moments so that is the best way like without actually having the definition of a fascinator in front of me that's how i would describe <laughs> it but they're literally just to be they're supposed to fascinate <laughs> yes okay <laughs> essentially i stand this performance i love this vocal performance from jmma's i am a uh, what is the name of the song? Wedding Bell Blues. I am a Wedding Bell Blues stan. I will defend this song. I will defend this performance. I love the way that she sounds on this song. I really do. A lot of people hate it. A lot of people are like, oh my God, why does Emma get a song? I want Emma to hop a song. I love this. I love the entire thing. Yeah, she sounds great. Uh, the, you know, obviously anytime Emma gets to sing, we all appreciate because it doesn't happen too often. And like the whole song, you know, won't you marry me with? And Will's just like, obviously like not interested in, not, not that he like is aware of this. This seems like one of those dream sequence kind of things, of course. But uh, every time that she's like by him, he's like not paying attention. And I think we're just supposed to get that vibe that he's not really understanding that she's ready for this proposal to happen. So, uh, but then again, at the end of this number, when it's all said and done, we do cut over to Emma standing at the lunch table in front of Will, Adam. And apparently she just asked him out loud to propose, uh, to, to marry her. And she can't believe that she just said that. I, okay. So I'm going to give my opinions on the, the, the relationship here. Cause I, I feel like I, this thing, I don't think I've ever even discussed the relationship to anyone in my life before. I like them together. But sometimes, as individuals, they both are so annoying to me. Like, I know Mr. Schuster has his own faults, but, like, sometimes I feel like Emma, I don't know, she just, she just rubs me the wrong way, and I think she's kind of annoying. 
interesting about Emma. I don't think I've ever heard anybody call Emma. What is it about her that annoys you? Is it? I don't. Is, it's like, I don't know. Maybe this is just like me not critically analyzing enough. But I just feel like the just some sometimes just the way Jayma Mazer. That's what the actress's name. The way she portrays her in such like and look, I get like the OCD thing. Like I, I'm someone who also is is obviously not on that level, but I have OCD and definitely a little bit germaphobe, and like I worry about things like that. But I just feel like sometimes the way she carries herself, and it feels like she's a cartoon character. Yeah, no, that's definitely what they were. Oh, doing I'm sure to make this like the most exaggerated version of, of her. But yeah, no, I get that. Like, and you see with Will throughout this episode, he's kind of like as much as he loves her, like he takes a lot of frustration in the fact that he has to, you know like kind of dance around this for his whole life if he wants to be with her which he's happy to yeah. do but also he gets a little tired of it every once in a while also so. will with will schuster okay i also have an issue with him having issues with her because this is the same man who is making a high school kid his best man and he has an issue with ocd and controlling like he's clearly not in the right head oh, we'll oh we have there. to get there he's not in the right headspace to make any decision yeah uh Schuster has sucked for a long time and it's not getting any better in season three, despite maybe what we would have hoped for. So yeah, still the same old Will Schuster. And listen, so Will is, uh, Emma's obviously embarrassed that apparently she did ask him out loud. She doesn't realize that it just happened, but she did. Uh, and she, so we'll, we'll send her off to go be embarrassed on her own. Will is going to tell the kids of New Directions that he is proposing to Miss Pillsbury. And he says, this is the kind of news that you share with your family and you guys are my family. Aww. Uh, he says it has to be perfect and the proposal needs to knock her well-washed <laughs> socks off. So their assignment for this week is to come up with a perfect number for his proposal. And the kids are all so happy for her, for him. Like every single one of them are, are giving suggestions and ideas and quick little like lines about how this is so great and we're so happy for you and yes so the plan has been put in motion and this is the lesson for the week Amon. yeah i mean i mean free labor right help me propose to my uh, future fiance and i'm going to enlist all of you because you are the only family that i have which is sort of depressing because it's actually the truth i mean aside from his family aside from his parents we don't really see anybody else in will's life so yeah, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, they already it was a, they were a, the new directions were a smash hit at Bert and Carol's wedding, so why not enlist them here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's uh, let's see if we can replicate the success. I mean, the uh, again, free labor, exactly. That's the uh, the the best way to put it. It's just uh, you can get the Glee kids to do anything, especially since they cannot get paid for it. Otherwise, they get disqualified from competition. So it's just the easiest way to take advantage of a bunch of high school kids. Why not? We uh, we are we are gonna go over to the locker room. We see Sam talk to Coach Beast. As we know, Sam is trying to impress Mercedes, and Mercedes is currently dating this big football player who just got a scholarship to Ohio State. And you know he's got to find a way to one up Shane so he can win over Mercedes. He wants to try out for the basketball team. Apparently that's not going to happen because he missed tryouts because he was off living in a hotel in Kentucky. Uh, he's like, I, I just really need this Leatherman jacket and I'll join any club that I can join so that I can get there faster and get this jacket. That's all he needs. Uh, eventually, Coach Beast is going to say, you know what? I do have one team left that might have a spot you can join. I don't think you're going to like it, though, very much. And we are going to cut over to Sam joining the synchronized swimming team. And of course, this is the only option for Sam to join because Ryan Murphy needs to get those abs on screen within as fast as possible uh he sees you know he's there with a bunch of the other kids and they're talking about the jacket which is the only reason he's here he wants to put uh, he wants to put trouty mouth on it so that's fun uh and we're gonna meet our coach 
of the synchronized swimming team. Sam Evans, I'm Coach Roz Washington, and you are one strange-looking kid. I have never seen lips like that on a white child, and one of your nipples is higher than the other. I bet you've had to overcome a lot with those crooked nipples. Well, I know a thing or two about overcoming. When I was growing up, they said that black folk couldn't swim, but I had a dream that one day... I would get to the promised land, so I swam out there and got my 40 acres in a pool. That's right, I won this bronze damn Olympic medal in Beijing, China for individual synchronized swimming. I bet you didn't even know there was such a thing as individual synchronized swimming. Nah, to me, if I'm getting through to you. Nah, to me. I'm going to say one thing to you, Sam Evans, and I'm only going to say it once. If you pee in my pool, I will kill you. That was insane. Where that was amazing. What's I know you did. You have like a background in, in like theater, mom. But Jesus, that was really impressive. I'm like surprised how good that was. <laughs> Adam, that wasn't Amon. Nini leaks uh, in book. the call. Oh, Nini! Oh my God, it's so nice to meet you. I loved you on Dancing with the <laughs> yes. Stars. I, was, I love love the uh, love the Roz Washington character. Nini leaks as a guest star is really going to put some competitive nature into this uh, best guest star on Glee. Uh, you know, compete uh, competition that's going on between like Adina and Gwyneth and Kristen Chenoweth and all of them. So uh, I'm excited for this. Or, or uh, was it, were you guys as excited for Nini leaks to join the show? I was like, I'm not like a big Housewives fan. Like, I don't really watch any of them, but I know who Nini is because obviously she's like the preeminent fixture in the Housewives land. Um, so I was like, oh wow, like, like Nini leaks, and I knew that like her and Ryan Murphy were friends. But I wasn't particularly excited, but I was definitely delightfully surprised at how well I enjoyed her character. And I and I agree. I think that she definitely is competition in terms of like I think she's underrated as a guest star on Glee. Like, I think that people always talk about Gwyneth, people always talk about Kristen, and rightfully so. Those bitches are, they're, they're wonderful. But I honestly feel like Nene Leakes is, is underappreciated as, like, a, a side character in Glee. So, yes, Nene, perfect fucking entry. I love it. I support yeah, she sticks around for a while. She's here throughout, you know, multiple seasons uh, as the swim coach. I, I think I, I, at least at least at one more season, if not just yeah, she's she's here. Yeah, till the she's end. here for a little while. So uh, you know, not consistently, but like definitely every once in a while, they call her up and they get her on set, and she uh, she gives us a great scene, like. Time and time again. Uh, not not that I remember any like significant storylines where she's involved, but like still a good like s- you know supporting character to have along. So Adam, we are finally here with uh, Sam on the synchronized swimming team, and Coach Roz Washington has entered the stage. I forgot about not that I forgot about Roz and Nini Lisa, who I also like. You guys said I love I loved her character, but I forgot about him joining the sync is the synchronized swimming team and that leading to the proposal. Like I forgot that there was like this step in between where he did this like this whole scene. I feel like I have a pretty good memory. I like forgot. I didn't even realize the scene happened in this episode. So it's nice rewatching something so many eight years later and like seeing something that you completely forgot about. Yeah, he he obviously that that is the bridge from uh, to get everybody to the pool later on in this episode. Sam does go and tell Finn that he just joined the synchronized swimming team. Finn tells him to keep it down because he doesn't want him to get you know embarrassed because everybody else is walking around and they would make fun of him for it because I guess the synchronized swimming team is just like right by the Glee Club in terms of the you know social hierarchy at the school. The hockey the hockey boys of course come up and slushy him. So see uh, that's exactly what Finn was just talking about. I guess Finn is stupid, but not when it comes to this kind of stuff. Uh, Mercedes is going to wipe off the slushy. 
from Sam uh, from his face. And uh, we actually are going to see Shane here, which he doesn't pop up very often, but he does happen to see this going on. And he says to Mercedes, what's going on over there? Huh? She's like, I'm just helping out a friend, you know, just uh, trying to make the slushy not in his eye. That's, uh, you know, nobody wants to deal with that. And he says to Mercedes, well, I think he'll pull through. So uh, let me walk you to study hall. And as they walk away, she just keeps turning back to look at Sam. Does seem like her heart is uh, elsewhere from Shane at this point. Yeah. And I think based on the amount of time we saw Shane on the screen, like we all saw this coming. And like, I, I, I just, it didn't even seem like the the, char- the the actors knew each other that well. Like, I feel like there was just no chemistry between them. So I'm not surprised that she's hmm. slowly but surely heading, uh, heading the, uh, r- driving that Mercedes down to Sam. <laughs> or Sam's driving the Mercedes, right? Sam would be driving yeah. the Mercedes, I guess. Uh, that's a little PG-13. I'm 14, so. Can't take it. <laughs> um, I just feel like, yeah, I, this is not. Clearly, yeah, Sam Sam is winning here. He's winning here, and he's not even having to. I mean, getting slushied in the face is probably the best thing that could have happened to him if his sole goal was to get Mercedes back into her, into his clutches. So, yeah, Mercedes is feeling the white chocolate. Uh, these are, like, two completely different, like, body types, I guess you could say, like, two different kinds of men. Like, you're going from, like, the big buff, like, football jock to, like, the skinny boy with abs that, you know, is doing magic mic tricks. So she really can't go wrong either way. Uh, hey. You said it, not me. <laughs> let's uh, let's get back to them in a bit. We are going to go to the auditorium where Artie Abrams has an idea for a song. For uh, you know, we the project of the week is to come up with songs that Will can use for his proposal. They've got a disco disco ball going in the auditorium and prepared a little number. We're going to go into moves like Jagger mashed up with Jumpin' Jack Flash. It is Artie, it is Will and Mike. Artie is singing, you know, main vocals. Will and Mike with the dancing, and then you've got Blaine, Puck, and Finn in the background doing some background vocals. And what are our thoughts on this one, Amon? I mean. It's okay. That's it? I love Artie. You know I love Artie. It's okay. I just, as a proposal number, no, bitch. No, I'm not singing moves like Jagger to the person that I want to marry. It's just not going to happen. That's why it's a mashup. So, like, you know, (laughs) yeah. I mean, I, I I just feel like this is not what I would want. I mean, I think that Artie sounds amazing because he always sounds amazing, but, like, is is this what Will is going to do? Or are you also going? I guess so. You're saying that Artie is going to be the one that sings to Emma while you dance, Will? Like I just, what's the? Logic I mean, look here? at the final performance that we end up getting. It's all the kids singing, and Will just does nothing but swim into the pool. And, and then he's uh, dry when he thing. comes out. Just saying. I know we'll get to that, but ridiculous. Um, also, moves like okay, as a song, moves like Jagger, like Beyond Glee. I never got the hype for the song. Like, is it catchy? Yes. Is oh, it like a great song? I like, I say no. I'm not a huge fan of it. I I, I bought into the moves moves like Jagger hype. I was I was definitely all over it. I mean, I, I've always been a Maroon Five guy, and uh, it definitely uh, I, I liked it a lot. And I love this mashup. It's a lot of fun. It's not the it's not the right song for them to propose with, but this is such a fun uh, mashup here. I don't like the outfit choices. The like, I get why they had them, but like, yeah, already no, like in this red V neck, and like I don't know, he just. I, I didn't like that uh, a whole lot, but they they kill this number with the dancing. You know, you got to get some Will and Mike dancing when you can. And it's just I like this. It's it's a lot of fun. 
it's just uh, it's not going to work out because Will talks about how a little too much sweating going on here. And Emma hates dirty. Emma hates sweating. So this isn't going to work. But uh, the side story going on here is that Becky Jackson showed up to watch the performance as well. Uh, Artie actually invited her because this was their date. He, you know, she invited she asked him to go out. He apparently accepted and said, come to the auditorium for our date. Becky's like, well, that was a great part one. But part two is going to be at Breadsticks. And Artie says, no, that was the whole date. Like you saw me bring my sexy like that was it that was the date so yeah uh adam was this a good date oh my it's the worst date of all time i don't think that like look i get he was being nice but this is that's not a real date when you have to like when he's obliged to be there for glee club and she just shows up and watches they didn't even spend time together like no it's a terrible idea from Artie. i'm and i like Artie, but not a, not a great idea hmm. amon said he would have accepted this date I mean, I would have, I would have, I said I would have said yes to going out to Becky. I wouldn't have then just said, come watch me perform. And that's watch me wheel it. around. Artie's a bit of a womanizer. <laughs> yeah, let me watch, watch me <laughs> wheel around the stage while my teacher dances behind me. I honestly feel like this isn't, <laughs> I just feel like Artie is just not a really good person a lot of the time. And even when we do get scenes of him being nice, it's like, he fucks it up by doing shit like this. Because <laughs> I never really understood why people were so down on Artie until I did this rewatch. And now, like, every episode that we get of him, I'm like, ew, like, you're not really nice, are you? That's kind of fucked up. Screw you, Artie. No, he's definitely not the nicest uh, for the majority of his time in the series. He is, uh, he is, goes back to, like, season one where he was being, like, terrible and then kind of, like, you know, works his way in the middle. You feel bad for him with the Britney thing. And I don't know. He's uh, a hard character to keep track of. Happy birthday, Kevin McHale. Oh wow! Oh, it's his birthday. Yes. Damn, why does it just popped up on Instagram? Yes, happy birthday to Kevin McHale. Like, is the whole cast of Glee just born in the months of April and in May and June? Like, yeah, uh, they just knew that we were recording around this time, and they worked, uh, you know, a couple Aww. birthdays in here for us to just continuously shout out. So good for them. Thanks uh, for That's giving so nice. us, you know. I don't know what, uh, what I'm saying. Uh, let's uh, <laughs> let's uh, let's go over as Finn uh, Finn and Will are going to continue this journey to put together the proposal, and we are leaving the school grounds here. As you know, hanging out with your teacher can only be you know so much fun, but for the two of them, it means a lot. They're going out to look for some wedding rings, and this man really just has no friends. He really had to bring. Finn Hudson wedding ring shopping. Like, that's so sad. It's just, it's so, so sad. And this is the moment, Adam, that you were talking about earlier that we've been waiting for, that Will Schuster is going to ask Finn to be his best man. Okay. This is the weird, I and mean, look, Will Schuster's done a lot of things, but like even the writers on Glee, like I get it. They want to have like the star quarterback and he's like the star of the Glee club and he's having great, like a father-like relationship. But you don't ask a child to be your best man. It is so creepy and really sad that he has no other friends that he could ask. A brother, maybe? I don't know, your mailman? Not the quarterback at the high school. Super creepy. <laughs> I mean, didn't we see him hanging out with a bunch of guy teachers while Will or uh, when Emma like proposed to him? Like, there's nobody else on this staff. I mean, you don't even want to call Ken Tanaka up. I mean, that would be awkward, but I mean, he's better than Finn. I just feel like, why? why is there no... Why doesn't he have any friends? What does he do with his time? Is there is there is it still a thing that you know best man or bridesmaids have to be in specific genders? Like, no, because I'm definitely going to be the man of honor at my best friend's wedding, and she's she's a woman, and she wants me to be her man of honor. She's not having a like. Well, there you go. Exactly. 
top bridesmaid. Bitch. So I mean, at this point in time, I think Coach Beast could have easily been that that for Will, whatever the the term for that would be. Yes. So yes. Uh, I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. Yeah, it really should have been Beast. What the hell? I didn't even think about yeah, that. Yeah, Beast it and really him are best been. friends, even though they you know kiss every once in a while. But they are best friends, uh, <laughs> seemingly. But yeah, he asks Finn. Finn thinks that he's screwing with him. And we get this sappy little thing here about... Uh, Will says to Finn, you've taught me how to be a man more than anyone I've ever known. You, know, you stand up for your friends. You're not afraid to cry. And you'll make sure that if I... You'll make sure that I don't do anything too stupid at my bachelor party. Why is he having a 17, what? 18 year old child? at his bachelor party it's so sad yeah like where are you gonna go Chuck E. Cheese (laughs) like I don't understand like there's nothing in this scene that I can even slightly like comment on without laughing at because it's just so so, yeah so glee Uh, Finn gives him a big hug it's uh, this turns into you know this is a yes he accepts the offer to be uh, the best man and uh, they're they're gonna go pick out a ring as they are looking at one Finn actually takes the time since he just got this beautiful proposal of his own to confide in Will about something that's been on his mind. He actually is, uh, you know, thinking of a different option for his future. He met with a recruiter for the army, right? And uh, he wants to do something special like his dad did, but maybe just without the whole dying part where, you know, his dad died from being in the army is what he, what he believes to be true. Uh, and Will looks very concerned. He's kind of putting on a fake smile to just carry out the rest of this conversation, but obviously not too thrilled with this idea that Finn just proposed to him. So there's a lot going on here, Amon. Yeah, this is sort of a, a, a drastic turn. I mean, I, I, we saw him lose out on the opportunity of getting recruited by Cooter. So I guess now that the football dream is gone, you know, I guess the only other male fixture in his life is his deceased father. And he's like, well, let me just follow in his footsteps and help my country and be patriotic. And which is, you know, which which is fine. Like there are a lot of people that really honestly want to do that with their lives. And that's that's a valid choice. But it seems sort of like out of the blue for him. It's like, are you just doing this because you don't know what else to do? Because that doesn't seem like a reason to go put your life on the line at all. Yeah, well, like, we, and I, I don't know, like, as we get into the deeper in this episode, we find out that, like, like, and I'm sure you'll talk, touch on this, but, like, the fact that, how is that really died, and just, like, such a sad situation, knowing how Corey ends up dying in real life, like, I don't know, like, that scene was, like, this whole sh- show is a shit show, but, like, that scene was, like, kind of real, and, like, I don't know, it just made me feel very, like, sad. Yeah, well, yeah, there's there's so much in the show uh, as recent as the Christmas episode that is uh, is all kind of strange like that. Um, I I think we we probably could just jump over there. Um, it's you know, it's the, the next thing that has to do with these guys. And it's, it's a pretty important moment as after Will has been informed of Finn's plans, he's actually going to end up telling Bert and Carol, uh, you know, Finn's. Finn's mom and stepdad now um, about what he heard. And this is a little awkward in the first place because, you know, Finn thought that was a confidential private conversation that he was having with Will. But Will says, you know, I I had to tell them I just needed to, you know, get everybody on board here with what's going on. And uh, it's going to be it's just uncomfortable just because 
well, Finn is about to learn information about his dad that he has just never known. And for some reason, this doesn't happen at home. It does happen, you know, at the school with Will there, with Emma there. Uh, Kurt's not around. You would think that if this is some kind of family meeting, that Kurt would be there as well. But Bird is talking to him and saying, look, you know that if I could have things my way, uh, I would want you to take over the shop while I'm off, you know, being in Congress in D.C. Uh, but I can't let your brother do it. He would have all, uh, you know, he would have everybody working in like nice white dinner jackets in the shop and that's not a good idea and he's like i'm not like anti-military i just don't get where you're coming from with this plan like i don't understand and finn says well my dad was a war hero and i have an obligation to him to be a good man and to make something of myself and to help people like he did and immediately carol's like oh i knew it was about him she's like you don't have to prove to anyone that your dad is in you everybody already knows what kind of man you are she start he's he's still kind of giving a little bit of resistance and she's eventually going to say look your dad was a good man he was brave and true and he had a goofy sense of humor just like you do but he didn't die in iraq he served over there but then something happened and i never quite found out what i don't know if he saw something or if he did something or just lost his way but he just broke and finn's like yeah he died a hero's death right and Carol says to him, no, he died in Cincinnati after being dishonorably discharged. Uh, he, he had a drug problem and, you know, he tried to get over it when he came home, mostly for you, but he would just disappear for a day or a week sometimes. And one day he just didn't come back and it was an overdose. And Finn says, yeah, I feel sick. Uh, like truly just you see it in his face. He just wants to he wants to leave, throw up like all the above. And everybody's telling him to like relax, take it slow. It's a lot of information to process. And she says to him again, I see everything that was good in him. I see it all in you. And he wants to know why they lied to him. Like, why did you lie to me all of this time for all these years? And Carol says, well, your dad was so much more than the last few months of his life. You know, that was uh, the man that he became was not your father. That was not him at the very end there. And I was going to tell you when I thought you were ready. But of course, Finn's like, well, I was never going to be ready for something like this. So, yeah, uh, what did you expect? So. Again, and a lot to break down here, Mon. Uh, this actress, man, it's like crazy how she can really take over a scene, and it could be like two two seconds, and I still like she's just so talented. I just love that actress, but yeah, this is kind of rough because, of course, she's going to be apprehensive. Like, how do you explain to like your child that their that their dad, you know, died because of a drug overdose because of some war or whatever of course you're gonna like try and romanticize the situation and let them know, like oh yeah he was he was you know he was an he was a soldier and unfortunately he was he was killed in battle that's just like the easiest path to take and i'm sure finn was also upset because like bert found out beforehand because as finn is talking about this you're gonna see bert like give carol the okay to be like yeah i think we should tell him now and it's like so you told this relative stranger obviously not strangers they've been married for a while now but you told this person that you just married about my dad before you told me like this is it's really really rough and i, I feel bad for him because he you know i mean you build this character of your father in your mind for this entire time it's like this pillar of success even in death and now you're telling me that none of that is real like mm, it sucks to be thin right now yeah it was it was rough and i i think if i could advise one thing here and i know he's close to well like i get it they're they're close like best man close but i think this is something she should have told him one-on-one i i just don't think the classroom was the right yeah area to, to, to have this conversation so as much as i think being around people that you're you're close with and, and who support you i am just against the the 
environment she chose to tell him in. And I think Cory Monty did a really good job at kind of like just having this blank kind of like sad look on his face that like it really made me believe it. Yeah. And as you mentioned, this is another exactly what you were saying. One of those scenes that just bleeds into real mm-hmm. life with uh, we, we saw in the Christmas episode that Corey got or not Corey. Well, Finn got uh, Rachel a star that, you know, look up in the night sky and you'll see the star is named Finn Hudson. And you can look to uh, you look to that anytime that you need me. I'm, I'm always with you. And like that was enough to give you chills. And then you have the same thing here where uh, Carol is telling Finn about how his dad died of an overdose. And like he was a great man. Everybody loved him. And it was just at the very end of his life that things kind of slipped and he doesn't you know nobody could quite figure out what happened but all of a sudden it was the end and that's just the exact story of Cory Monteith like everything that people have to say about him is always great positive things he was great to be around like nobody had Leah Michelle stories of Cory Monteith like everybody liked him everybody loved him and uh, at the very end it just obviously things went south and he did end up unfortunately uh, dying of a drug overdose so it's 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 strange when you you know look at it in that context. Of course, when you're watching it for the first time, that's not on anybody's mind at all. But this is the reality of the scene here in 2020. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like it, and Corey was always something. Like I remember, like just everything that happened, obviously so vividly. And we're not going to get too into that. But like, just I I was a huge geek as you guys were, and I remember just like looking up like paparazzi videos and like trying to learn more about the cast, like behind the scenes. And just seeing all, how good of a human he was, he was such an idol for me and somebody I looked up to so much. So yeah. like, I don't, I don't know if I ever rewatched season three after the show ended. So like, seeing some of these parallels to real life is just kind of like chilling. It's so eerie. It's like, how does that happen? <laughs> it's just like, what sequence of events had to take place? Yes, this, like line so bizarre. Like it's kind of crazy. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I have no idea. Like if. They, they write for some of these actors based on their characters. Like, you can't imagine that they would have known that Corey was, like, using drugs and they wanted to write it into his character on the show. Would you? Like, maybe? Ryan like, Murphy's dark, but past. I don't know if he's that dark, right? Like, that Yeah, be I don't know. Messed up. That would be crazy. Like, as, like, their form of, like, therapy and counseling to him would be, like, to make it his character and show, like, the character a way to, like, not go down that path. That'd be weird. I don't know. I don't know. I just don't put anything past these writers. (laughs) I mean, Ryan Murphy definitely played into like the whole thing of Leah Michelle being a nightmare and writing it into the entire season. So you might not be far off. So I wouldn't be surprised. So that's the deal there. Um, We'll, you know, we'll try to keep the sadness to uh, to a minimum here with all that. But that's Finn finding out some information. Uh, a little bit earlier on, we have Rachel, Mercedes, Santana, and Tina are coming together. Can anyone tell me where Quinn is and why she's like left out of this episode? And Brittany, I guess, but mostly Quinn. I know, right? She definitely just got them all back together, and she's like nowhere. I don't understand like why like on the back half of season three, she's gone until like, the end. It's really annoying. I'm so glad that you said that because I forgot about it. Yeah, I don't know where she is, and I feel like it's 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 quite disrespectful. It's like y'all wanted her to be... Yeah, I wanted her to be this goth chick for three episodes. She took it off, and now it's like nothing. I don't know, but... Rachel, Mercedes, Santana, and Tina are going to go to Will's office uh, before their number, and they're just kind of asking some questions that would help them decide what song to sing. And uh, he's like, come on, like, like, relax on the questions. This isn't the first time I've ever proposed. I know what I'm doing. Santana makes a dig at him. She's like, yeah, how did that one work out? Like, what was your big move then? A Jumbotron that said, hey, Terry, I want to make a fake baby with you? Damn, Santana, damn. Uh, <laughs> cool it. <laughs> this is supposed to be a fucking wedding, okay? Like, Mercedes is going to ask him about, uh, tell me about the first time that you saw Emma, that you ever met Emma. 
And he goes into this story about the first day that she arrived at the school. He'll never forget the first time that he saw her and walked past her as she was sliding that little Miss Pillsbury card into the marker outside of her door. And we go into this performance here of the first time ever I saw your face from those four girls. And it's like interspliced with some different clips of all four of them, Tina and Mike, Santana and Brittany, Mercedes and Sam and Rachel and Finn, all thinking about the first time that they saw these boys, which... Of course, we got to note that Mercedes saw Sam and not Shane. But uh, thoughts on this number, Amon? I just feel like, I mean, it's, it's, it's lovely. It's a very beautiful song. The, the four of them sound beautiful on this song together. It's great. I just, I wish I believed in love at first sight. And I just don't. And therefore, this, and this is, this is coming from the true romantic here, okay? Like, I am a hopeless romantic. But I just do not, I don't yeah, see it. I'm, I'm with you. I, I think, okay. It. If I believe in love at first sight, it is not in high school. I don't think, like, like how many high school relationships actually make it? Very, very, a very small amount. So, like, all these people, like, falling in love with their high school sweethearts is just, like, funny to me. Like, I can't take it seriously. And also, like, I also think it's I, – I'm sorry. I keep saying this, but I think Mr. Shu discussing his proposal with a bunch of teenage girls just really skeeves me out. It's a little weird, yeah. <laughs> uh, as so, yeah, they're all thinking about their guys here. It's a, it's a nice number. All four of them obviously sound great. It's nice to get the four girls together here. Like at least uh, happy to get Tina involved because she does not uh, very often get to uh, to be in these numbers. As we get to the end of it, uh, Santana and Tina are going to follow Mercedes into the bathroom because Mercedes is getting a little emotional. And uh, the first person that she thought of was not Shane. It was Sam. And that's why she's so upset. So she knows that the Sam thing was in the past, but obviously it's still on her mind and affecting her. Yeah, it's I think we all saw this coming. Like even like it just it was it's where the episode was leading up to. Um, and of course, it helps that we watched the show before. But uh, yeah, I, I think that Shane was just such a simple character that we really didn't get much of so i think all 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 signs are pointing that that mercedes was gonna at some point in the near future uh revisit things with sam yes and uh this this episode truly all about the couples uh will and emma we're gonna go over to will and uh will's will's house the christmas tree is still up at will's house that you know emma is of course living in now so that's a little strange and uh emma's parents are over the house this is will asking for permission and they are confused as to why they're there because first of all these guys don't like each other after that one interaction uh emma's parents do not like will will and emma do not like emma's parents so they get in uh, they're sitting around they're asking where their little freaky deaky is and uh, he does ask for permission and it really just does not go well i'm on they're so they're so horrible like you have this great man asking your permission to marry your daughter just call him a great and man. the reason that you sit on paper on paper he's great <laughs> on paper uh but you just, you just called will schuster a great man <laughs> you have this seemingly great person asking your daughter out to be you know the, to be to be her husband and your 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 answer is no but your answer is no because she has ocd <laughs> not because you don't you don't like him like i th- how horrible can you be because that means you're going to say no to everybody because the OCD isn't going anywhere. I just, I, they're so horrible. Like there, there was like no nuance to this conversation, which is what I found the most frustrating about it. It was like, I can understand like you asking, like you're trying to be sure as to whether or not this person is going to be okay with it. And 
maybe I, you know what I don't they I don't know how much her parents know about her relationship with Carl because she was married to Carl they got a divorce I don't know what Emma told them maybe Emma could have told her parents oh yeah so we we broke up because he just couldn't handle my OCD so maybe they're predisposed to making sure that whoever their daughter comes into contact with they're going to be somebody that's going to be willing to you know to, to, to help her through this but something about me just tells something about them just tells me that they don't know that and they're just literally assholes and they're just like my daughter has OCD she's a little freaky deaky I don't think that she want to marry the girl think about it run like I just like that's horrible to me right yeah it's uh it's it's tough to uh to be Emma and have parents like this uh, <laughs> what else can you say she is just you know she needs love and support and luckily she has will that is willing to offer that to her in you know one way or another but or for the most part, he does but, waver uh, a little bit just... here he does waver which is is not uh, it's not I'm not surprised that he wavers but he he I just think it's so bizarre that right before he proposes like he does this extravagant proposal but right before he's like ah eh, like can I handle you? Are you going to have to control everything? I don't know. Like, and he like kind of like makes her like second guess things. Yeah. He uh, truly like it, it's the influence from her parents is going to weigh down on him. Uh, Cause as you mentioned later on, we're going to see him with Emma back at their house again. And uh, she's still working on taking the tree down. Nobody worry. Uh, apparently she's been working on it since new year's day and I'm not sure where we are now, but uh, she's still taking the ornaments down because she's got to take them down like one by one and clean them all before she can actually, you know, do something with them. Uh, so she wants to ask him something and she says, you know how, like we're always talking about marriage, right? Uh, Sue actually thinks that I should ask you to marry me. And I mean, that's already like not the right way to start off a sentence, but what are you going to do? But she asks him like, do you want to be with me? Like as your wife? And he's like, well, of course I do. I love you. You know that. But but if we get married, then what? You know, we're going to have a house and a baby. And how are you going to handle all of that with, with spit on your Wednesday sweater? What if it's all too much? And she starts to get very upset here. She's like, well, I've been taking my medication. And, you know, some days are great. Some days not so much. And I mean, like, this is just not the, the the kind of thing. Like when somebody calls you out on something that you were obviously like working on or that you're insecure about, like anything, like something that you have no control over in the first place, it's not something that you want to hear. It's like, you know that you've been working through it and Will knows that they've been working through it. Like there's no, it's just upsetting to hear it brought up in this context of like, well, this is your problem and it's going to hold us back from moving forward with our relationship. Like that sucks. Yeah. I was so disappointed here too. just like, I don't know. I feel like we all have insecurities, right? We all have like, I feel like it's at least a level of anxiety. And if you're with someone who's n not unconditionally loving you and like being like, you know what? Like, we'll get through this. We'll figure this out. Like, we'll, we'll continue to work on it. And I know he's been supportive thus far, but, but just with this scene, like right when she's talking about marriage for him to kind of show a little bit of uh, like maybe not being as stable with her. Like it's just sad. And I really feel bad for her. And like I said, I'm not the biggest Emma fan, but like just seeing him pull a, a Will Schuster here was disappointing. <laughs> yeah. Pull a Will Schuster. Yeah. I, it, it was rough. I mean, I, cause I, I really fell for Emma here because I mean, what is she going to do? You know what I mean? All she can do is continue to work on her issues and try to make, make the best of it. And that's all you can really offer. She can't, and I like that she said that. I like that she was like, you know, like, can I promise that I'm going to get better? No, I, I, I can't tell you that, but I can promise you that I love you. And I'm like, oh my god, like, and you know, that's and that's just the that's just the simple truth of the matter. It's like you're either going, you either are going to take what you get with me, or it's too much for you. And if it's too much for you, I get it. Like, I understand because I'm sure she. This is probably this is not the first time this has happened to her. Like, she, she understands. Like, this is not a this is not a 
I mean, we're talking about her being a cartoon character, and it's like, yeah, like, she she has some serious <laughs> issues. Like, and that's, it is what it is. Either you take what you, you take it as it goes, or you don't. Mm-hmm. And... That's what it is. Yeah, she's she's just doing her best to, you know, to to get by every day with him. And it's like this is not something that is new. Again, this is something that they've been living with for the entire time they've been together. Yeah, it's like, why are you gagging? Like, I give it to you every season. Like, <laughs> you knew this. Like she's, She says to him, the incomplete person with toothbrushes and rubber gloves that, you know, that I have so much love for you. Like, that's what you get with me. That's just, I'm not perfect. I, I'm not ever going to be, but you know, if you, uh, if you want this to continue and you, you know, you want to move towards the marriage, then, uh, either way, you need to just be honest with yourself. You need to be honest with me and the sooner the better. So putting not pressure on him, but like they are getting to that, that part of the relationship where they want to, you know, figure out if this is a permanent thing or not a permanent thing. And his hesitation is not really right. a great sign, but like, come on, you guys, you're in love. Let's, let's, let's figure this out. <laughs> that's, that's that. Any other thoughts on Will and Emma in their final moments before we do get to the proposal? I mean, I think we mostly covered it all, but <laughs> yeah, in their final moments of conflict, yes, <laughs> everything else is going to be perfect for the rest of time. <laughs> All right, so that's that's all we've got there. And then uh, let's check in on another couple. The New Directions kids are actually uh, grilling Artie a little bit about the fact that he went on a date with Becky. Not that's that's surprising that he went on the date because it didn't seem like he was very interested and it's surprising to everybody. So that's why they're all having this kind of reaction. He's like, well, there's no reason why I did it. I just I like her. I thought she was nice and I wanted to go on a date with her. Everybody's like, what's your angle? What's your motive? Why, why are you doing this? He's like, the, honestly, like the more I got to know her, the more I liked her. Uh, and we cut over to see them at Breadsticks. What Becky at Breadsticks says to him, uh, you should see my dance moves. My mom says I have get down syndrome. <laughs> I have get down syndrome, yeah. <laughs> um, so, soft spoiler, this is going to actually happen again in season six where the person that Becky is dating gets grilled by the Glee Club. And I'm like, first of all, Becky's not in the Glee Club. So why do you guys feel like you guys have to like look out for Becky as if like, and not saying that they shouldn't, but I'm just saying like you guys are being very protective or being, being very suspicious of anybody that wants to be around Becky when you guys don't even like the girl. Second of all, it, wait, like what? Like is Becky just not supposed to date? Like it, like you, like anybody that comes up to her and agrees to go out on a date with her, you're just gonna grill them for like 15 seconds? Like what? Like what's Becky supposed to do? Like I just, I, it's. <laughs> shut up just just i just wanted to show everybody to shut up like let them be they're having a good time they went to breadsticks like it is what it is i'm just so happy that like becky is finally like a main character on the show not like a main main character but that like the, she's finally got something and it took her a lot less time than mike chang took uh to get like an actual storyline <laughs> so uh i i do love becky she is one of my favorite characters and i'm glad that she's finally you know getting involved in some stuff here but yeah so Artie is is just trying to tell everybody that no i don't i'm not leaving her on i actually do have an interest in her whether it's as a friend or whatever it is i, I do like her uh, so what's what's so bad with that and everybody is still giving him a hard hard time about it uh he's like well what is she gonna think that what that she's fun to be around like god forbid that i had a good time hanging out with her and he starts to like lay it down on them here he says you guys talk a, a big game about how it's good to be different or it's okay to be different and it's what's on the inside that counts but you're just as narrow-minded as the rest of this school he said i like spending time with her and you know she knows what it's like to be trapped by a disability in the same way that Artie is uh, she doesn't care what people think about her. She's really optimistic about life, which is amazing considering what life has handed her. 
So he's obviously connected with her, and these Glee kids are obviously annoying and suck for shaming him for it, or at least questioning him so much about it. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck them. If there's anything that I feel like they should do here is just, like, it, they just handle everything wrong. I feel like everyone in Glee handles everything wrong. Like, if, if Artie's... If, if he's actually not into her like that like just make your intentions clear he doesn't have to just ditch her fully but he could just be like hey like i want to be friends i'm not ready for a relationship there's a million excuses out there that you could use yeah so uh we're gonna get also another becky jackson inner monologue here so listen to that real quick here am i becky faye jackson about to seal the deal booyah at this year's Special Olympics ball, I'll have a medal around my neck and some man candy on my arm. I absolutely rock. So, yeah, Becky is talking about how she is uh, ready for the the Special Olympics ball. She's going to have a medal around her neck and some man candy. So she is ready for this to take off with Artie. <laughs> she tells Artie that they can go to her place on Friday night and they're going to do it. And also, Becky sent Artie a little text message with a little picture attached to it. And Artie is shocked. <laughs> he ends up bringing it to show Sue. I really like it. It's, it's supposed to be a nude, right? If it wasn't a nude, we'd see it. So <laughs> the fact that he shows this to another faculty member, I'm like, oh, this is so problematic. But OK, like, you know what? If anybody's going to be able to understand what the hell's going on here, it's going to be Sue. And she's pretty much going to tell him as much like. So, I mean, did you have a good time with Becky? Yes. Do you want to go out with her again? No. Well, then just tell her that. <laughs> like, just be, be an adult. She's good. She's a, she's a big girl. Like, she has Down syndrome, but she's not. Down syndrome does not mean that you're stupid. It just means that you, you're just a little different, you know? And she can handle the bad news of you not wanting to go out with her again. So just just let her know mm -hmm. that. And I, 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 I hate that, like, because it's definitely a bit of the Glee Club that gets into his Artie's head here. Like, because beforehand he was having a good time and not really thinking too much about it. But obviously getting sent a nude is like, oh, OK, well, we are taking things up a notch. Like we all we did was have breadsticks, girl. Now, now I'm seeing I'm seeing your breadsticks like I, just, I don't need it right now. I just I just feel like we should continue to take things slow. And now he's freaked out. But. I mean, Coach really just makes all the points here. Just well, just tell her. Let her know. It's not that big of a deal. Yes. Yeah, I, like I said before, if if you're – just be honest with her. Like, yeah, I think the uh, – anything that involves a high school nude makes me uncomfortable as a 27-year-old man. Um, just, like, thinking about it, <laughs> thinking about, like, being, a, like, a, an a, like an authority figure in the school and someone coming to you with that, like, just, like, is, is freaks me out. So, um I do think this is going to go in the right direction. I don't know if the steps taken to get there were the the best by every party involved, you know. But uh, yeah. I think that I think that uh, it's it's Artie and and Becky are not going to not the love connection either of them has been waiting for. I admire Becky's confidence here. She said, "I'm going to send you a taste of what you're going to get on Friday night, honey. This is what this is what you're going to get, and that's it. Like so, yeah, you know, you got it. Go big or go home. Mm -hmm. So." Congrats, Becky. Yes, <laughs> she's a contender for the gold star. Yeah, she, she's she was a contender the second I heard the uh, the monologue get going. So, yeah, again, Sue just wants uh, Becky to be treated like everybody else, and she, as Artie is going to head out of her office here, hit him with a bunch of insults as as usual. Nothing new, just you know, telling him to take off the driving gloves. You're driving a wheelchair around, not an expensive car, uh, and a couple other things that it's just uh, you know, Sue being Sue. So. 
Uh, let's check in over at Breadsticks, which is not uh, for a Artie and Becky date at the moment. We have Finn, Rachel, and Kurt, and they are discussing some real-life stuff here as they got some letters. Uh, letters went out today about Niata finalists. The chat rooms for Niata are abuzz with people that just got the letters, but Rachel and Kurt have not gotten them yet. Kurt is feeling pretty down and out about his chances, and he's talking about, you know, the, the future used to be such an abstract idea, you know, the dream of the future was enough, but now the future has the nerve to show up, and it's expecting us to do something, and I'm not, you know, it's not interested in giving a lending hand, like, nobody's going to help us, we, we just have to do it all on our own, and Rachel's actually kind of scared, she's like, I thought that the world, everybody else would care more about helping us, Finn says, you know, I thought we were all going to get out of here, but... Now I just found out this news about my dad, and now I feel like I can't even have something in my life that's special that means anything. Uh, Rachel is going to take this and go into a performance of Without You, and uh, it is just Rachel, all solo, spotlight on Finn, back in the choir room, and it is a very good solo, one of my favorite Rachel solos. What do you think, Adam? This Okay, so performance-wise, like... I think this is one of the best again, the best renditions where they've taken a song and changed it up so much that they've done on the show. Like I remember in 2012 driving to college just listening to this song in my car as a sad college freshman. So um, super, super <laughs> – I just love this how they did this song and I think – um, Liam Michelle might be a piece of shit, but um, this, this cover definitely was not shitty. <laughs> I liked it too. I think it's like shoehorned in. It's like – because I mean Santana's going to make the remark, oh – was the assignment to make this whole thing about Rachel Berry? Because then if that's the case, then she succeeded. And I, I feel the same way about the writing. Like, I just feel like Finn is literally pouring his heart out about how he is suffering and coming to terms with the fact that his dad actually, you know, had a drug problem and wasn't an honorable soldier or whatever the fuck. And it goes into this. Like, I just, like, what about, like, Finn pouring his heart out about his dead dad made you want to go ahead and sing this. I don't know. It was just, like, very, very strange to me. I felt like it was very shoehorned in. But, you know, in a vacuum, it is a very solid Leah Michelle solo. It is is certainly one of my favorites. Again, I love it a lot. Uh, just the the way that she covered this song, like, it's a, a poppy song f- in general. Uh, no, mm-hmm. but, yeah. yeah, it's just, it's it's a, such a different approach that this ends up going on, and it's... They, they do a great job uh, putting this together for her and then, you know, her performing it. Uh, fun line from Santana, as you just mentioned. So this is Rachel's idea for the proposal that it would just, of course, Rachel's suggestion for the proposal would just be that Rachel sings this song. Uh, not anybody else, not Will, like everybody else. I think we were supposed to take the interpretation that that like that version of the performance was what they would use to propose to Emma with. So Rachel's idea was just her singing by herself, I guess. Yeah, just. Just, you know, and already also he's is in here. He's like, yeah, I think it's a little bit overwrought for my taste, but it's, it's good. Good for you, Rachel. Yeah. So he's got a lot of options to think about uh, him being Mr. Shoe. And that's, you know, he's, he's going to he's going to have to think about it while all these kids are out here, like contemplating all their different decisions in regard to senior year. Everybody's freaking out. And we know the deal with all that. So not much progress on that. Just an update that they are still thinking about it all. But. Somebody might come here to save the day as Sam Evans is going to stop Schuster in the hallway. He has an idea for a proposal. We are going to cut over to Emma's office where we get a little pamphlet check here. We have three different pamphlets in here. One of them says, so you're a spinster. You guys know what a spinster is? I don't. I, I Googled it. I think it said about uh, it's, it's a woman who is just older and not married yet. So that's Emma. Uh, the other one is dying alone. 
I guess that's on her mind as well. And the other one is happily never after. So she is obviously selecting pamphlets. That means something at the moment. So, yeah. But Will's going to come by her office and grab her hand and bring her out to it's time for the proposal. It, it cuts pretty quickly here. And we are going to get into the performance of We Found Love as Will takes Emma by the hand. They walk down the hallway and she gets handed roses from these random ass children. But then, of course, Shannon Beast and Sue Sylvester are also at the end of the hallway with the final two roses. And they're going to go over to this random swimming pool that just suddenly popped up at McKinley High School. And we're going to see We Found Love performed by the New Directions, specifically Rachel and Santana, but everybody's here this is a big pretty memorable number i think uh is that fair to say yeah i'd say so yeah it's it's an iconic number from glee i mean synchronized swimming and you know the the rihanna (laughs) of it all (laughs) yes this scene was made pretty famous i I think back like a year or two ago as people started to rediscover this scene and the notable part of this is Artie wheeling himself into the pool (laughs) Like that just resurfaced and people were like, wow, Glee really just had this boy wheel himself into a pool. That's <laughs> truly a decision they made. I love the trend of people rewatching Glee and then picking apart the most ridiculous scenes. And like when like the writers and like the, the crew on Glee just clearly didn't give a shit about what was going on. And they just kind of had this mo- most outlandish right. things happen, like already wheeling himself into a pool. But I, I love this scene. I think it's ridiculous and like so over the top and unnecessarily over the top. And it, I feel like that's just what Glee is in a nutshell. It's unnecessarily over the top. Yeah, it's so good. It's so, so good. Uh, Artie's on this floating chair in the pool. That's how, you know, he made his way into the pool. Blaine is like standing on this floaty, waving to Emma as they go by. And of course, this entire time, Emma is sitting in the lifeguard chair off to the side watching. And towards the very end, Will walks down some kind of like water runway. And at the very end of it, he jumps into the pool, full suit, full white suit with his giant hat on. Uh, He jumps into the water and he emerges out by the lifeguard chair that Emma is sitting in. He gets out of the pool. Uh, Adam, you're convinced he was fully dry? Okay, not fully dry. Like I think they definitely had him still be a little bit wet, but he had his flower was completely not wet. It was completely dry. So that was like the first thing that would I feel like wilt and go like go to shit. So I I think he was moderately dry, which makes zero <laughs> sense. I didn't even notice the flowers. <laughs> They yeah, the the whole outfit's still coming together. (laughs) Um, I'm also going to include uh, let's let's make it three clips in this episode here. Listen to Will's proposal. Uh, Save us some time and you can listen to it. Uh. Emma, Mm -hmm. you are the one you always have been. (laughs) The truth is, I feel like I've had to stop myself from doing this from the second I first saw you. (laughs) The first time I held this hand. I felt like I'd held it a million times before, like somehow it's always been here. Life is messy, just is, and I I know that's hard for you, but that's why you have me, to balance things out. But you have to realize, you do that for me too, every day. (laughs) Loving you and being loved by you makes everything better. I love you with everything I am and everything I ever hope to be. So, Emma Pillsbury, (laughs) will you do me the honor of becoming my wife? I love you so much. Is that a yes? Yes. Yes. (laughs) 
So yes, uh, Will gets a yes from Miss Pillsbury. He will agree. Uh, she will agree to marry him, regardless of all the issues that have been brought up. Uh, they are finally engaged after all this time. It's season three, episode ten, and it's titled "Yes, No." The answer was yes, Amon. She said yes, guys, and good for Will. I mean, I really hope that he gets it right this time because he has been through the ringer, and so is so is Emma. I mean, she almost married Ken Tanaka. That when it, that was a bust. She then married Carl. That ended up being a bust, and now it's like, in a matter of like two years, you have been married and almost married to two other men. So I really hope that this is the one that is good for you, and I think that it should be. I mean, you guys have been. It's been a will they, won't they storyline for the past two and a half seasons. So just do it already. Get it over with. Consummate the marriage. And like, let's get this ball rolling. Yeah. I do wish that we had a bit more build up to this, though, because I feel like this storyline was talked about so much more in season one and two. Season three, they don't really talk too much about Emma and Will. Like, we start the season off with them already moving in. So we just sort of like do a, a big time jump. And then this is the first episode where it's publicly addressed. Oh yeah. They're still like dating and they're trying to figure it out. And then the first episode that we get is the episode that he ends up proposing. So I feel like it's a bit rushed, but at the same time, we've already spent so much time in prior seasons. So whatever, get it over with. Let's do it. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much it. It just needed to be uh, you know, kind of let's get it over with because it's like they were together pretty fast and, so just wrap it all up and uh, and finally get them on. The, I mean, look, we're at the end of season three. We're running out of time here. It's like I'm sure they knew at this point they had a season four, but like it was obviously going to look very different with everybody graduating. So it's like you had to kind of speed things along eventually. So this is the decision they decide to go with. And it's, you know, a nice speech where or a proposal where Will says to her that life is messy. And uh, I know it's hard for you, but that's why you have me to balance things out. It's just it's an honor to be loved by you. And uh, you do that for me, too. You balance things out for me as well so i love you you love me let's get married <laughs> adorable the kids all celebrate in the pool everybody's all happy how awkward would it have been if uh, emma said no that would have been really bad so good thing she said yes uh let's wrap up this episode <laughs> can you imagine <laughs> Artie is talking to Becky about their plans for Friday night. He's sorry that he hasn't been very clear with her. He likes being her friend, but he doesn't think that they should date. And she's like, what is it? Because I'm too intimidating. He says, yes. She's like, all right, I get it. Uh, we get one final monologue from Becky where she just is talking about how she didn't ask him what she wanted to ask him. You know, she didn't ask if the reason that they didn't that Artie didn't want to be with her was because that she has downs. Uh, he didn't. She didn't ask because she knows that the answer is yes. She says some days it sucks being me. This is one of those days. But focus, Becky. Don't let them see you cry. Sue is going to comfort Becky in her office and say, you know what? We're in the same boat. We both have gotten dumped. So let's have some ice cream and watch some lifetime television for ovaries and wait for beaches to come up. Uh, also. Take my hand because you and I are going to get through this together. Adorable. Oh, Aww, so I mean, sad. yeah, it's, it is touching, though. These Becky scenes with with Sue, like Sue made a comment in the most recent episode, uh, one of the most recent episodes about how, you know, I think she said Cooter was the best thing to happen to her since a sophomore named Becky Jackson walked into her office. That's nice. Mm. And if there's one good thing that comes from Sue Sylvester, it's how nicely she treats Becky and takes her under a wing and kind of gives her the confidence that the Down syndrome won't hold her back. So I really do like that, and I love their relationship. Me too. It's adorable. Poor Becky. I would have said yes, Becky. I'm <laughs> sorry, Becky. <laughs> Stupid Artie. Yeah, so that's that's the wrap-up on Becky and Artie for this episode. And then Finn and Rachel are going to catch up in the auditorium, and we have a big 
big thing to end this one here. Rachel and Finn are together talking about just the two of them and their future. The same thing as usual. Finn is talking about how he's always had trouble finding himself in his dad's eyes and his face uh, because he's looking at a picture of his dad. He's like, you know, when I was a kid, I used to stare up on the wall at his picture hanging there. And I would convince myself that we were twins. Basically, you know, just wanted to see myself in him. And they end up talking about their first date, which was on this very stage that they are standing on now. And uh, he was so nervous. He's like, remember that picnic? And the two of us were just sitting there enjoying each other's company. She's like, I never quite understood why you ran off so fast when I said that you could kiss me. (laughs) Aman, you remember why he ran off so fast? He was about to come or get a boner or, or one of the two. One or the other. Yes, to be determined. <laughs> yeah, I guess you, one can't have You'd be surprised. Other, You'd so. be surprised. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so happy Adam's here. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Uh, he says he wants to, uh, he wants to talk to her about something, but he needs a promise that she won't say a word until he's done. Cause he just feels like all his life he's wanted to be as much of a man as his dad was. And now he's worried that, you know, he has nothing in his life. He, he just feels like a zero except for one thing that he has. And that is Rachel. He says, that's you. That's you are the one thing that I have. And uh, he says a big, you know, you're, you're just this big gold star in my life. And for some reason you chose to let me love you. And I just want to keep doing that. I need you to keep letting me do that so that I know that it's all going to be okay for me. Apparently Finn opened up his first credit card because he wanted to get Rachel a little something. It's not a swimming pool of dancers with a tux involved, but it's a promise for him to keep loving her for the rest of his life. All she needs to do is say yes. Rachel Berry. Will you marry me? I don't think I would have associated with people who put proposed in high school. I think it's the dumbest thing ever. Like, I think this is just so stupid. It's like, look, I, I, I appreciate the relationship of uh, Rachel and Finn, but like any proposal in high school, and maybe this is me being cynical, I just can't take it seriously. Like, you guys are children. Like, you barely know how to drive. How are you going to know how to navigate a marriage? Tell me all about you guys' stories out there of people that got married or engaged to. Maybe it was you. Maybe you got proposed to in high school or soon after. <laughs> Leave a comment below. Leave a comment below. Leave a review. Yeah, I... Tell us about how Rachel Berry ruined your proposal <laughs> or Leah Michelle. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, this is a lot. This is a lot. And I am so, I'm like, once again, I am a hopeless romantic. I get it. I understand. Like, oh my God, I'm just so overcome with love. I get it. But I just don't. You don't know each other that well yet. You see each other at school and on the weekends, and that's it. You don't know what it's like to live with somebody. You don't know what it's like to like live life with somebody. You're in high school. That's like one small portion of your life. There is so much more that's going to come afterwards. You already said that you plan on going back to New York. You want to go back to New York, Rachel. Finn doesn't want to go. Like, so what are you going to do? I just, I, there's just so many questions that need to be, and rightfully so, Rachel is not the one that's proposing. It's Finn here. But still, it's like, Finn, like, she's leaving. So you're going to go, are you going to go to New York with her? Is that, is this like you saying you're going to go? Like, I, there's just so much that you aren't thinking about, but you're so quick to get down on that knee. And I'm just like, uh, I want, I want to believe in the two of you. I do. But like, I feel like you're ruining it by with, with this proposal. I just. It's too much. It's too much. Yeah. And we've seen Will be an influence on Finn for a long time. And Finn is feeling like a little bit maybe let down because of the story about his dad. Or I don't know if he's like necessarily let down, but he just feels like, you know, he's the dad that he thought he knew was like, you know, there's a different aspect to the story now. And he doesn't only have that one person as like a father figure. He also has Bert, but he also has Will. And now Will's out here getting married. And I'm like, is, is he getting married or is he proposing to Rachel specifically because he just saw Will do it? And he just thinks he needs to follow Will's lead on everything. I sure hope not, but I wouldn't be surprised if like, 
deep down there was some of that in Finn because he sees, you know, Will being successful and uh, having a happy, you know, marriage beginning now and thinks that maybe that's something that he can do, even though he's like 17 or 18 years old. So I don't know. It's just uh, there's yeah. a lot here to uh, to end off this episode, Adam. Yeah, overall, um, I think that Finn is a very lost high school kid, you know, and I think that's fair because he's in high school. Like, it's it's okay to do stupid shit and kind of, like, make silly decisions, but I think this is kind of pushing it a little too far, and I think it definitely has something to do with him either, A, thinking about the army and kind of realizing how important uh, Rachel is to him, and kind of wanting something that's, like, more that it's something that a little bit bigger than just himself in his life. So I think this might be him trying to fulfill this this void of wanting something bigger. Definitely. Um. Yes. So let's wrap this episode up and talk about uh, starting starting off with, of course, our favorite songs from this episode. Summer Nights by Sam Mercedes and the New Directions. Wedding Bell Blues. Emma backed up by Beast and Sue. Moves like Jagger, Jumpin' Jack, Flash. Uh, Artie and the New Directions Boys. The first time ever I saw your face. What a long song title. By Tina, Rachel, Mercedes, Santana. Without you, Rachel. We found love, Rachel, Santana, and the New Directions. All right, Adam, kick us off here as our guest. What was your favorite song from this episode? Um, I'm between the, the, what was the first one called? Oh my God, I'm blanking out the name. Summer Nights? Summer Nights, yes. Summer Jesus. Um, Summer Nights and Without You both. I feel like Summer Nights is a little more iconic for like, it's something I remember more, but I think Without You is, is I, I just feel guilty rewarding Le- Leah Michelle in any, in any way, shape, or form, but I do just, trying to leave uh, outside of the show bias aside, I think I'm going to go with Without You. It's just, it was, it was such a great performance and I, I just, I love the rendition. I am going to go with Wedding Bell Blues. I mean, I think I kind of like gave away this answer at the beginning i'm such a big fan of this song i love this song and i love jamma Mays on it i just think that it's pretty and beautiful and light and everything and i love the uh the way that it's weaved into the story and i love the music video behind it all and seeing emma in that dress and everything it just got me it got me and the fascinators with william i just i love it all i love it all it's it's yeah Wedding Bell Blues, bitch. Mm-hmm. I love it. <laughs> the music in this episode is truly outstanding. Like every single song, in my opinion, I think they just get all of them so on point. Um, I got to go with two songs here. We Found Love is just too iconic to not throw in the mix there. It's just too memorable and too good and too fun. Like it's maybe like watching it a couple times has kind of worn off like the magic of watching that scene for the first time. But I really remember like loving it the first time I saw it. Uh, we found love and also without you, I got to go with Rachel and that solo is just too good. But it's like this episode again, so good summer nights. I love summer nights. The moves like Jagger jumping Jack flash mashup I thought was great. And then all the four girls on uh, the first time ever I saw your face is great as well. Sorry, I'm on your, uh, your favorite song is my least favorite <laughs> but i love them all you could just never choose one you gotta you're like a pokemon trainer you gotta catch them all like it's just like you can never get just one i chose one for like almost all of the first part of the season and uh only once in the first half of the season that i picked two and now i'm starting off the second half of the season a lot worse because i feel like it's only going to get even worse from here because all the good music of season three i feel like is still coming up and yeah uh yikes rough time to be my co-host on a podcast uh let's get into slushy ratings Adam, I'm gonna say two sh- two slushies. So that means I kind of like I liked mm. it, but it wasn't the best, right? Like that's that's what that would mean. Yep, 
yeah, it was like a very memorable episode. Like it's it's something that like I feel like when we were talking about like what episode I want to like talk with you guys on, this one stood out for season three. I just remember coming back from the the second the first half of the season. Like I just remember exactly where I was when I watched this. Like when like it, was, it just in the first um, number really stood out to me. So it was a good episode, and it had obviously the iconic uh, swimming pool um, we found love scene. But it, was it my favorite of all time? No. Fair enough. Where are you going with yours, uh, Aman? Um, I I think this episode's fine. It's okay. It's definitely like, oh, wedding, 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 wedding. Like, I just feel like it's just like in your face. I don't know if it was the strongest, because this is the episode that, you know, continues the season off of hiatus. I don't know if it's the strongest debut. I'm just going to go, I'm going to go ahead and say just one. I think I probably enjoyed it a bit more than Adam did, but yeah, it's. It's okay. Like it's not anything. Like, the 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 best the, the biggest thing that I remember from this episode is Will jumping in the pool. That's that's when I think it's but that's what I think of, and that's pretty much it. So yeah, it's okay for me. Fair enough. I am going to actually like I was with you on a one slushy, but I just like I when I have an episode where I love all of the music as much as I love all the music in this one, I usually end up using that and it takes like a half a slushy off of my rating. So I am gonna take that one that I felt for the plot and bump it back a little bit and give this only a half a slushy. Uh, even if you ignore the rest of the you know everything else that happened in the episode, it produced a whole lot of great songs and True. great moments from all that. So I'm gonna land on a half a slushy there. Hope that's okay. It's not okay. You kicked off your own show. Good. You can uh, you can take over. All you. Salary is, I'm assuming, starting six figures, right, for a show? Like yes, it is. I figured so. Yes, it is. I'm in. <laughs> uh, and we are going to give out some gold stars here as well to close out this podcast. Adam, you are going to give a gold star to any character in this episode for any reason that you like. All right. So I have two gold stars to give out. One, okay. I want Mercedes. I think that she she's realizing that she doesn't like Shane, which is good. I think anytime you can realize in a relationship you don't like the other person, positive, moving in the right direction. And Becky. I think Becky also deserves a gold star. All right, Amon, you're going to have to help me out with this one. I've, we've never had this before. Do we uh, uh, to allow him to have two people? Yeah. Guys, I guys, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't ask. I, I just did it. it. I just, that's my, I, I, cr- I create the own, the rules in my glee club. I'm shook. <laughs> the new, new directions. <laughs> Um, you know what? I also agree with Adam. I am going to also give my star, my one star to Becky. I think that she, uh, I mean, she's shining in this episode. And like I said, I like the fact that she's so confident. I like the fact that they felt the need to write, you know, a, a character with downs yes. and not have them be, you know, this stereotypical, like, social pariah. They're like, no, bitch, like, she's in your face. And, like, she's a bitch in, like, all the best ways possible. I love it. So... Yeah, Becky. I mean, we don't really get a lot of Becky scenes. I would so also to back up on that. If Becky. I had to give one, it would be to Becky. Just throwing that out there. Like, if I had to just give one, it would be to Becky. But I gave two because I did that. Because this is your podcast now, and you <laughs> yes, can make all the decisions I do you own want. It. So. I own it. I, I bought Honestly, it. I I have no leg to stand on anymore because I just handed over the podcast to you. <laughs> so um, that's all all my fault for doing so. But. <laughs> Yes, so two stars to Becky. Um, I am a little torn, as usual. I was definitely considering Becky, but seeing that you guys already gave her some love, I think I might go in a different direction here and plop a gold star on Artie. I have not 
given Artie a star in a while, I don't think. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he's been pretty good in the past couple episodes. And like I've been considering him here and there. And uh, I guess this is finally a chance to give him a star. He just obviously shines in this episode where Becky came to him and obviously was interested in him. And like, I don't know, like, do, does anyone take any issue with the way that he approached this? He obviously was looking for some guidance along the way from Sue about how do I you know, what do I do? She's sending me nudes and I don't really like her that well that much. And, uh, you know, he doesn't know how to handle it, but she takes the advice from somebody close to Becky and, uh, he goes off, tells her how he feels, but he's still like happy to be friends. He still, you know, gave her way more than I think a lot of guys would have, uh, you know, if she had asked anybody else out. So I appreciate that from Artie and he's going to get my gold star and, uh, some love for the moves like Jagger mashup, which did not get my favorite song, but acknowledging Artie there (laughs) all fair points all right so you were considering Artie uh, I feel like in the last episode Amon right that was you a little bit yeah in the Christmas episode that we recorded definitely like weeks ago not yesterday (laughs) yeah so he's finally getting his just due yes we've had two Artie centric episodes in a row so I can get behind Artie getting a gold star there we go Adam what else did we miss anything from this episode? Any hot glee takes that you need to get out of there, out there now that this is your podcast before we uh, close things out? Um, No, I, I had such a fun time watching Glee again. I just like completely forgot how crazy and ridiculous the show is. But I feel like it also brought me back to uh, how much I enjoyed watching it and like kind of how fun it is to pick it apart and like kind of just make fun of what's going on and, and kind of shit on Mr. Schuster a little bit. I feel like that's always a solid pastime. So I <laughs> thank you guys so much for having me. I just had just such a fun time talking about Glee. Of course, we were so happy to have you here, and uh, we will work on that Artie the One simulation for the Glee cast yes. and find out who the uh, perfect matches It'll are. It'll happen in probably like 2028, 2029, I feel like. We'll get there. Mm-hmm. Puck and Shelby, perfect match, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Ew. Uh. Yeah, yeah. Sebastian and uh, Blaine. <laughs> Ooh, okay. I, Sebastian, that's Brittany and Rory. Rory, wow. Rory was still here at this time. Wow. What a time to be alive. Rachel and Quinn. He was. Rachel and Quinn. <laughs> Quinchel. <laughs> Faberi, come on. Oh, yeah, that's what it was. Jeez, oops. Finchel was the one I think. <laughs> Quinchel. <laughs> Quinchel sounds like a weird Gatorade-type drink. I don't know. <laughs> Quench your thirst. Yes. Uh, all right. And, uh, Adam, where can everybody find you on social media if you have anything currently going on or whatever the hell you want to get out there? Um, Plug, yes. Um, www.thegleeproject.com. That's where you can find me. it's a blog yes i write a blog um i'm covering the project every year i cover the same season and i'm hoping for new winners but it never happens so just find me there (laughs) okay and really on twitter where can we find you adam bongo b-o-n-g-o Yes. Uh, follow Adam. Send him all of your takes of, uh, of of the Glee project of this episode of uh, whatever you thought of your new co-host here as uh, I will be <laughs> exiting the stage for the foreseeable future. Uh, no, not really. Uh, so thank you again, Adam, for coming on. And Aman, what else before we get out of here? You can follow us at The Choir Room on Twitter. Follow us individually. I'm at Amon Adwin. Matt is at Matt Lagori. Thanks once again for Adam for joining us along of course. this episode of The of Choir course. Room. You can also leave us star ratings and reviews so that we can read them aloud on the show. And I believe that is it. That Anything is else? It. Unless there's a proposal right. at the end of this episode. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Adam. Matt, will you marry me? Uh, you said my name, I said Adam's name. 
Wow. Well, this is getting really, really uh, hot really quick. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> what a way laughing, to end. So it, it's a no. Yeah, it's a no. Amon, that's a no. It's a no. He said, he said no with a laugh. I'm just looking and through I, my I notes I again. I can't ask Adam because Adam's already dating, so I guess that's just embarrassing for me once again. So I, If I, I, if I wasn't, I would have said yes, though, for sure, Amon. You know me. Thank you, Adam. I of appreciate course. it. Of course. I don't All right. Until next time, guys. <laughs> Bye, guys. We will see you as sexual. Oh no, regional. Regional. It's the regional.